0: It has been a year full of news. Every year is a year full of news, of course. And this year, like too many years, there has been news of pandemic, news of war, news of droughts and floods, news of elections and court decisions. One piece of news that happened this year got a little less attention. Somewhere on the planet, sometime probably in November of this year, a baby was born, who was very much like every other baby, except that this one baby was the 8 billionth person on Earth. Sometime toward the end of this year, the people who study these things tell us the population of planet Earth reached 8 billion. 8 billion of us living here, all together, on this one little ball sailing through space. It's a staggering number to think about, really. Our brains aren't made to hold numbers that big. But that's just those who are alive today. Imagine all the people who have ever lived on this ball. There are scholars at a think tank who have tried to calculate that number. And of course it depends on how far back you go and how far back you count our ancestors as human. But they started 200,000 years ago with the emergence of what we think was homo sapiens. They believe that about 117 billion of us have ever been born. Imagine all those lives and each one of them, a story, every bit as unique as yours and mine. Every single one of those hundred billion lives filled with its own drama, even if only the modest dramas of everyday life. Growing up, adolescence, working, perhaps falling in love, Perhaps having children or not having children, friendships, conflicts, moments of exhilaration, moments of grief. Some of those hundred billion stories, far too many have been tragic ones. Stories cut short in a moment by war or sickness or accident. Some of them have been relatively easy and pleasant ones. A few of them have been prominent. But most not. Of all those hundred billion and more, how many names are actually remembered in history? Several thousand, perhaps? And the rest are lost to us in the mist of time. Even their tombstones, if they had them, long since crumbled away but their names and their precious stories are known to God to me this is one of the good reasons to believe in God a God for whom and in whom we all matter prominent or forgotten whether our story was short or long tonight of course we celebrate the birth of another baby one whose name we do know and remember, one whose story was written down and has gone on to change more lives, probably, than any other person in history. But he didn't come as one in his place in time who was powerful, or famous, or important, or wealthy. He didn't come to the household of Emperor Augustus or Governor Quirinius, whose names we heard at the beginning of our Gospel story tonight. He came as a very ordinary child, born to very ordinary parents. Parents who had to travel a long journey to comply with the will of those in power. Parents who did not have the ability to find a lodging for the night. He came crowded into an improvised manger crib. He came not to rule over us. He came alongside us as one of us. He came to show, it, show us what it is to love. What it is to practice humble service. He came to pour himself out for us as a gift. To share his own divine life with us so we could live as friends of God. There were shepherds in the fields the gospel tells us. The angels brought the good news not to the mayor of the town not to the centurion of the local army outpost but to a group of laborers working outdoors late into the night. I think of all those who work in fields to produce the things we all depend on. Not least right here in Sonoma County. I think of all those who work late at night, perhaps caring for others in hospitals or stocking merchandise in stores or driving trucks or serving as first responders. I wonder where the angels would show up if they came tonight. Who would they give their first message to? In Jesus's place and time they come to the shepherds and the shepherds of course are terrified. But they don't stay terrified. As the angels share the good news of a child born who is gift and who is life. And then as the angels break into songs of praise, the shepherds move from fear to hope to joy and then to action. They get up, let's go, they say to one another, and they move their bodies to Bethlehem. They go to serve as witnesses to what's happened. they go to offer their praises but more than that they go to be evangelists they go to share the good news that they have heard from the angels with Mary and Joseph who themselves hear life transforming news from these shepherds who move deeper into their own story and the story of their child thanks to what they have learned This is news that Mary will treasure and store in her heart as Jesus will grow into his calling towards the life that will send him out to preach and to heal and to share God's love with the world that so deeply needs it as ours does today. Tonight we celebrate that God loves us, loves you, loves me and every one of all hundred billion and more of us so much that God just had to come close to us that God just had to come as one of us and to show us how to live a life that is completely human and completely alive he did it by gathering around himself a little group of friends Friends who were drawn to that life that they saw in him and just had to get close to it. And more and more people kept getting transformed by that life and catching that life as they too came close to it. Those who were powerful were threatened by that life. By his eating and drinking with sinners. By his proclaiming good news to the poor. And they killed him. But they couldn't quench that life. God raised Jesus from the dead to new and unending life, and that is the life that he pours into us. He pours it into us when we are baptized. He pours it into us when we share in this feast at his table with simple foods that we break and share in his name, the body and blood that he feeds us with. He's here among us tonight as we're gathered. And he's also outside these walls. Anywhere in this world where anyone is lonely, or hurting, or in need, Jesus is close by. This Christmas, I pray that like the shepherds, we will be transformed by the good news that we hear. That in a world that is so full of pain and injustice and fear, that we will find ourselves moving from fear to hope to joy and to action. That we will discover the life of Jesus welling up within each one of us. A life that makes us friends of God and if we become friends of God, we can't help but become friends of one another. And I pray that God will use us to transform this world into something more like what God has always dreamed for us. Like the words we heard tonight from the prophet Isaiah about the yokes of slavery and the weapons of war being broken and burned forever. About people rejoicing with joy at an abundant harvest, about endless peace. I'd like to offer a Christmas poem by the English writer Malcolm Geith. This is a sonnet for Christmas called Christmas on the Edge. Christmas sets the center on the edge the edge of town the outhouse of the inn the fringe of empire far from privilege and power on the edge and outer spin of turning worlds, a margin of small stars that edge a galaxy itself light years from some unguessed at cosmic origin. Christmas sets the center at the edge. And from this day our world is realigned. A tiny seed unfolding in the womb becomes the source from which we all unfold and flower into being. We are healed. The end begins. The tomb becomes a womb. For now, in him, all things are realigned.